You know what they say that podcasts are really built on hope. And I've got to say, I've got a great feeling about this. <laughs> oh, he said the line. He both, said the line. Both he said the line. Thing, everybody. Line, Bart. Oh my gosh, you said it. Um, so yeah, welcome to the final episode of the Star Wars series here at Through the Lens. We've done the prequels, the originals, the sequels, and now we're doing the ones that the people care the least about with the anthology movies, and then we'll definitively rank all 11 Star Wars movies from 11 to 1. Next we're not. Gonna- all 12, because technically the Clone Wars did have a theatrical release, but I uh, don't want to do that one. Next we're going to do fan fictions, actually. That's, no, we're not so. doing that next. Nope, I got a few not. lined up. Butterfly emoji. <laughs> yeah, actually, Chris has a few that he pinned himself that we can read. Oh, good <laughs> lord. I wish. The one about Luke and Jar Jar is crazy. That's, I'm... I saw some post going around that actually was like, what if Jar Jar was a Sith Lord? And it was like the character design. That was like 10 on. years ago. I saw it again today. What? Not, okay, clearly I'm a little late to these things, obviously. My bad. And My George bad. Lucas like, I don't know. It rhymes. <laughs> Wait until you hear about the one with the Ewoks and Palpatine. <laughs> that could actually have happened. That's a headcanon right there. <laughs> I mean, possibly. Possibly. But uh, to begin this episode, we'll start, as we always do, with going through a lot of the movie news going on around uh, the world of pop culture. So... Honestly, not a lot um, going on right now. Uh, Warner Brothers will be remaking Train to Busan. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that movie, but uh, I have seen that, I like that, that that film. It's good. It's a good movie. It's a good movie, but like it's I, interesting. I saw somebody post. I, I was enthralled by the trains. Um, <laughs> it's like Ticket to Ride. It's a lot like Half Life <laughs> Two. Oh wait, you know what? I'm not gonna disagree Visually. with that. It's not though. <laughs> it kind of is. There's zombies. There's there's, there's, probably, there's trains in Half Life. You too. can't just say things. It's true. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just. Uh, uh, you can't how about just, this? How about this? This might be another movie that a Korean movie that America messes up, like that, The Ring. Okay. Yeah. The Grudge. The Old Boy remake wasn't bad. Yes, it was. No, it was. Spike Lee messed that up. It was royally. the same thing. They missed the whole point of Old Boy. <laughs> what What's the point? The The point is the action scenes, and then Sp- Spike Lee's like, "I'm gonna not do them like I'm supposed to. I'm gonna make a shot for shock remake, and then mess up the most famous sh- fight." The one where he goes down, like the where it's like the cut. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. That's the best scene from Old Boy. And then Josh Brolin's like, "I got stabbed in the back." He did the thing. <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> Maybe I'm biased because I saw the remake before the. That's, that could be possible. Look, I love Spike Lee, but like that's probably one of his rather. lesser films. I saw somebody post that said maybe people should try and do this thing called remaking bad movies instead of remaking good movies, which yeah. I also think Resident that's Evil possibly a the thing. The Last Jedi. Yeah. The Room. <laughs> crossing a John. Rise of Skywalker. But, um, so yeah, that is uh, happening along with HBO Max developing a Constantine TV show behind J.J. Abrams. Isn't. Constantine, re- like, 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 as in, like Keanu Reeves. Yes, but they're actually doing. A I used TV to play show. that game on Xbox. Isn't it? it uh, what's his face from uh, Sound of Metal? Ah, uh, yeah, Riz and Ahmed? Rogue One, yes. and Rogue One, That's also, and Rogue One. Oh. To lead, to lead to what we were talking about Riz a bit Ahmed's later. Good. He he's is. Good. He really is. He's um, up and coming. Definitely. He's a Nightcrawler. He, yeah. Oh yeah, he is a Nightcrawler. I've seen Nightcrawler. I've seen Nightcrawler. He has now seen Nightcrawler. Last week he had not. I'm a recent Nightcrawler. Finally. It's about time. And um, in other news, the trailer for Corella, the prequel to the 101 Dalmatians released. I don't know if you guys saw that. Literally trailer. don't care. Really. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, again, I'm. There was not Another much going on. Another killer IP week. to save the Disney Plus starship. <laughs> 101 Dalmatians, but without the Dalmatians. That's yeah. Some people said the trailer was like the Joker. I watched it, and it honestly, is like kind of like. Like they're trying to like paint her as an antihero, and I'm the like, the society of Dalmatians. Society. But, but like, in, I hate these dogs. She gets attacked by Dalmatians, and she turns evil. In the I original, call it, I call them straws. 
<laughs> I don't get it though, like, cause in the original movie, her whole thing is that she's absolutely awful, and like, we're yeah. supposed to, but like in this, it's like trying. Maybe it's it'd like be like the Lorax. Don't you get it? The Joker was awful. They made a mediocre movie in uh, what was the one with Angelina Jolie? Maleficent. Maleficent. Oh, Thank you. They made a mediocre. Decent. No, they made a mediocre movie in Maleficent. You, if you like Old Boy, I'm allowed to like Maleficent. And uh, everybody, no, you had your chance last week. You <laughs> said you liked the Last Jedi. You lost that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I, th- I thought we agreed that the Last Jedi has some positives. But then you were the only person that said they went more for, like I, two for ten. I liked <laughs> it. We're we're past that. We're we're, we're, past we're, that. we're growing past this, everybody. And We've also, grown. um. The DCEU has found their actress to play Supergirl. She will be appearing in the Flash movie with Ezra Miller. Uh, so there's that. Again, trying to expand the universe in some form. And leading into that as well, the Snyder Cut trailer released on Valentine's Day last week. I don't know if any of you guys watched that one. It actually looks pretty good. It actually, the the trailer did look really we good. We live in a society. And that then, was fan service. That was, yeah, that was, that was, that, but I mean, you know, why not? In Jackson a four-hour movie. A- why not? Jack sent me a screenshot where it said that, like the subtitles. I thought it was a joke. Me I was like, too. oh, yeah, that's no. funny. And it's, I actually watched it. it. The one it's where real. he says, I called the breadsticks at Little Caesars normal bread. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that one. Did you say that? <laughs> yes. Of course. Obviously that one. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it looks pretty good. Again, it's going to be interesting, a four-hour movie, and apparently they haven't. Uh, Deborah Snyder actually said they only reshot one scene. So not sure what to make of that, but what she said and then the biggest news on the week would be the mortal Kombat trailer i don't know if any of you guys saw that trailer Red as well. that looks good <laughs> i've also never played mortal Kombat, so i don't really have much of a stake in it but i will say it did look pretty good i mean in terms of what you're looking for i mean you're looking for a bunch of insane action right and i feel like it checked all the boxes i'm really worried though uh from a personal level because i heard a rumor that the opening scene is sub-zero killing scorpion and uh, if that is true, I'll be very upset because Scorpion is my favorite Mortal Kombat. I, I wouldn't think it'd be because I thought they showed Scorpion without his like entire costume throughout the trailer to where would it all be flashbacks then? I thought I thought that because I, I believe he's played by um, Hiroyuki Sonata, who I recognize him from a bunch of other movies in the past. But like I thought they showed him without his entire costume. But if they kill him off early, that would they, be kind they of they wouldn't show him. I was I don't think that would have been him because Scorpion's. I don't. I can't remember a time when Scorpion has not worn his whole getup. Let me see. You not rocking with the guy with four arms? Goro. I'm rocking with Goro. <laughs> I hope that they show uh, uh, Baraka some point. I know Mortal Kombat. I've been playing the game since like 2002, man. Are you so upset? I'm on that. Are you upset that Chun Li is not going to be in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Chun Li from Pawn Stars. <laughs> that. <laughs> Dude, I, didn't, I didn't know he it's was even funnier because I know you're not joking. <laughs> I was joking. I, was I can't joking. wait to see Big Hoss's finishing move. <laughs> <laughs> but on <laughs> best on, I can do is on a more life. on a more serious note, I did actually search it up, and the guy who they showed is playing Scorpion. So apparently, they will show him without his entire costume. Which interesting. I guess that's the idea, is because obviously in the games, you know, they're gonna wear their outfits, but. Since they're actual characters, they're probably going to have some scene or two just to actually, you know, develop them past, you know, what they are. The guy that just... plays Scorpion was in Last Samurai and 47 That's correct. Ronin. He's ac- he's actually nat- uh, become very famous for choreographing the majority of films that feature any sort of sword fighting because he's like, he was cast in The Last Samurai because he was good at that first. Like, not because he was an actor. Very cool. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure he was the samurai that, like, kicked the living heck out of Tom Cruise That's in right. the rain. That was him, actually. Whoa. Yes. Um... 
But yeah, that's the uh, last thing going on today. Again, not really uh, much this past week. Just you know, a few trailers, but really building up to the Snyder Cut release in a few weeks, March 18th. But now, to get right into it, I guess we should start with Rogue One, considering it was the one that made first. So we'll be talking about the two Star Wars anthology movies, the other two uh, Disney Star Wars movies made in the past, what, six years? And the first one was Rogue One. So after The Force Awakens was released in 2015, Rogue One had already been announced and then would release the year in between and then The Last Jedi in 2017. And I will say, I don't know about you guys, but when this first one was announced and what like the story was, I was very excited for it because this was a ve- always a very interesting story. And it's also a story built off of one line from the opening credits. Like it's just... Some yeah. spies got some plans, and they mm-hmm. built an entire movie off. And of then it. I, this is the first time I remember the, kind of the the hype train rumor mill situation really kicking off with uh, with Star Wars because we kind of had an idea going into the Force Awakens about what the casting and continuation would be. There, there was at least some kind of semblance of what might be happening, but all we knew about yeah was the basic plot point that this is the the pl- the the plans to steal the death the de- steal the Death Star plans. And that was about it. So every time a new casting rolled in, a lot of people were a, a lot of speculation. This is the first time I remember in this new Disney Star Wars era being not knowing everything and kind of being speculative and really wondering what it was going to be all about. And the amount of stuff that was put out as promotional material and didn't end up be playing a big role in the film. I mean, I remember we had the, the first shot of like the crew that was going to go forward, yeah. and that included like Moroff, who just has about three seconds in the final film. So the speculation and the changes as this went through its development phase as a film was something the first time we ever saw that in the Disney era. And I thought it was, I mean, it was it was fun to be a part of as far as when the first trailer came out and when the casting calls came in and when the just the toys leaked and all, all this all these new fresh characters that we'd never seen before. Yeah, and I remember in particular there's the shot in the first big trailer of like um, our main character Jin facing down the TIE fighter at the uh, balcony, which that was like the big uh, like cutoff before like the fade to black in the opening trailer, and that doesn't happen in the movie at all. Like she just she gets chased down one, but like there's literally a point when like she walks right out to one, and it was I it was really a very hyped movie, especially I remember when they released the first trailer and they you didn't know who was going to be in it, and then the last shot is Darth Vader's helmet like through the. Uh, Looking out over uh, one of his star destroyers, but yeah, it's. I uh, wish they hadn't have done that. I'll say honestly, it. if he'd showed up just randomly in the theater, that would have been insane. But and they could have cut out the part where he made the dad joke. Remember that? Hey, I mean, don't choke on your aspirations. That's funny. I mean, it was, but like, imagine it's they star cut that out. Wars. I'll give him first time you saw. I'll give him one. I'm. B- I mean, you, like, I, no, I don't hate the dad joke. One. I thought it was funny, but like, imagine the first time you saw him was when he lit up his lightsaber in the. In the tank. Wait, but no, but you, but you see him a couple times already. You don't just see him that one time and then the lightsaber. It's a, yeah, it's a few. There's a few shots. Like, but don't you see him for the first time? Isn't I mean, he talking to everyone Grandma knows Tarkin? who Darth Vader is? I mean, yeah, but like, yeah. what? No one's like. I, I get this? that you know who is this, he is. Is this a it's Toy Story fact, two reference? But like, the fact that he's in the movie. Yeah, if they had him advertising, it would have been much cooler of a surprise. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you got to make money because you know, coming out of the Force Awakens, you know. People didn't really hate the movie, but, you know, people weren't like, oh, man, this is the best thing ever. Disney has its flaws. And you've got to market. This is a movie about no characters that we know. Right. This is this is a movie that is also not your typical Star Wars movie. People say that it's often the most wars part of Star Wars, which I think I, I agree with that. And you've got to be able to make money. Right. And I mean, we can talk a little bit later about the fact that Solo didn't make any money. And that's a big problem with it is that whack. They could have put, put Admiral Akbar on the poster. He's in it. 
People know who Admiral Ackbar is. That's that's fair. I, look, no, that Admiral Ackbar's in the movie. Listen, I mean, see it, people. the fact is, Vader is one of the most marketable characters in film. I mean, he's mo- one of the most recognizable from the voice to his mannerisms, just how he looks. So naturally, if you can get some extra tickets sold by marketing him in the movie, even just a bit, that's fine. Like, if they had showed the scene where he lights up his lightsaber in the hallways, like the clip from the trailer, that would have been awful. But they just showed his ha- his helmet, which I'm fine yeah, with. Yeah, there's that. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Because you don't know what his role is. It's a whole prequel. And like Jack was saying, this story hadn't really been fleshed out. Correct me if I'm wrong. They have like a Legends about it, which was the original thing. But then Disney wanted to tell their own story. So that was kind of like the suspense. So you didn't know if he was going to play a major role. You didn't know if he was just going to literally have a cameo. But of course, they're going to tease you like, look who's in the movie. Like you don't don't know anything about it. And I'm glad you don't know anything about it Mm because I just want to say, you want to talk about reinvigorating my love for Star Wars. This is the movie. Yeah. I watched, so I had the cassette tapes, the original trilogy, where they had, like, um, Yoda's face on Return of the Jedi and Darth Vader's on Empire and stuff like that. And, of course, I watched the prequels and stuff like that. And I like Star Wars. I knew things about it. Um, Force Awakens came out. I mean, it was fun. But what really kind of, like, dragged me into becoming more than just a casual fan was going to watch Rogue One. Because, I mean, the movie was sick. You just... It starts off, it's it's super kind of eerie. You don't know what's going on. They're on that planet where, uh, is it Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah, is that how you pronounce it? Black, yeah, exactly. Black Saturn. He's, he's, a, he's an incredible actor. He's in the movie, and you just know it's going to be serious just with the tone, the color palette, everything that they're presenting. And by the, the those last, like, 45 minutes, I'm sure, Jack, you feel the same way, the space battle and the battle on um, Scarif, and then... Don't even get me started on the Darth Vader scene yep. at the end. I'm sure we'll get there. But that those last, like, 45 minutes, I mean, that just made me completely fall back in love with Star Wars. Rogue One is a fantastic movie. One of my favorite Star Wars I, movies. I will say, I think this, you know, coming out of the prequels, what everybody's asking for is the Clone Wars, right? That, you know, we're, Obi-Wan says it in New Hope. We're always asking for it. We think the prequels are going to be that. And we don't really get the war part of it. You know, you get the drama, you get the politics, but you don't really get that. You get yeah. the few sort of, you know... 10-second shots of Kashyyyk in Revenge of the Sith, but that's, like, the minimum of it. And this movie really is, like, seeing an entire Clone Wars arc, like, stretch it over a movie. Like, you know, it's a whole mission. Mm-hmm. You start and end with the same crew, and I think that's what makes it work so well, and that's why people really liked the Clone Wars show is because, you know, you get those four-episode arcs, those five-episode arcs that just worked so well that incorporated it all, and this movie basically follows that pattern to a certain point because you've got this crew of people, you don't really know any of them, which is sometimes what happened with the clones in the Clone Wars show, and then you just go along with them experiencing the espionage, the you know fact that there literally was no hope for a point because, again, the Rebellion is fighting a very uphill battle, and you've got literally a 50-minute war that happens at the end of the movie that incorporates everything, and I think that's what makes it work so well. It's because what we were all really looking for because you never really get that until this movie. Mm-hmm. And and I I think that's another reason why I really like Rogue One is... I, I love war movies. I've seen a whole bunch of them. I, I think that they're, you know, some of them can be, be cliche, whatever you want to say, but war movies are almost always a go for me. I love them. And Rogue One, it's kind of the go-to to say that Rogue One is the wars in Star Wars, like you were saying, and it definitely shows that. I mean, the the fighting scenes are brutal. The camera's shaky. It's, uh, it's kinetic. Everything is super energetic and, and I guess, dark, darker than anything Star Wars has really put out. And 
that's that's just one of the reasons why I love this movie so much. What's yeah. your favorite war movie, Chris? My favorite war movie? Off the top of the dome right now. Uh, I like The Outpost. I like We Were Soldiers. Black Hawk Down is a classic. That's a good uh, one. Uh, Ewan McGregor's in that one. Ewan McGregor is in that That's the connection one. to Star Wars. That's why I said that. War Dogs. Check it out. War Dogs. War Dogs Ooh. is not technically a war movie, but... <laughs> um, Hacksaw Ridge. differ. It's war in the name. Yeah. Uh, if we wanted to go through this, I think this movie can be pretty cleanly cut up into three different acts. So if we want to go through the first act, which is a lot of planet hopping yeah. um, to kind of assemble our, our crew, which we come to know and love, I think uh, just say one thing I really like about the beginning of this movie, the beginning third of this movie, is that it really shows that these, I think I mentioned this a little bit in the original trilogy episode, but these heroes that we're dealing with now, as far as we know, they're heroes. Um, these these guys aren't squeaky clean like yeah. they were back in the original trilogy. Uh, Han Solo is probably your most out there in terms of moral compass, but in the end, he comes in just for for the love of the fight, comes in and saves the day. But this scene, pretty uh, this movie, pretty much opens up the first time we see Cassian Andor with him just icing somebody in the street because he's going to give away his position. And there, there's real panic in his voice when he hears about the planet killer and just the, the fact that they are willing to, to go so many different places, um, having K2 being a, a, a captured Imperial droid that was reprogrammed. I mean, the rebels are doing some interesting stuff that is not exactly up to the highest standard and they're not squeaky clean, like I said, as before. And then as far as something I did not like about the first act of this film it really feels like we're it jumps around a lot there's a lot of sh- sh- uh telling and not showing that goes on the i mean the the scene on the prison where where jen gets rescued from the turbo tank which while it was the cool don't scene. resist you're being rescued that's funny k2's great before yeah. we'll get to him Alan Tudor kills it k2's great turbo tank was great but i mean you don't really need that scene um i, I just the the jumping around to the point where you're even getting title cards, which is something Star Wars has never done before, I think it 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 can cause a little bit of confusion, especially going to Jeddah, um, with how similar it looks to other places we've been. Although I th- I do think it's cool that Jeddah is a desert planet, which knows we don't need any more of those, but it's actually a cold environment one, so they actually put on uh, warm weather clothing. I just think it's a it's a cool environment to see, especially a downed kind of. The first th- shot you see of Jeddah is them flying over a 100-foot-tall statue of what looks like Obi-Wan or some great Jedi. So that's super cool, getting the nature of the Force getting fleshed out a little bit. But the amount of movement that goes on between the Black Saturn planet and the prison planet, and it's a bit confusing to figure out what everybody... Because you have the whole subplot of, of Bodhi, the pilot, being the defector, and you have all these different plot lines quickly jumping back and forth between all of them. I do think with a little more planning, it could have been streamlined and a bit easier to understand for a casual viewer because that's exactly what Star Wars needs to pull in with a movie like this. So I think that's that's what I think about this first part of the movie. I think this movie is in desperate need of a re-edit for that first act. I think so at least. I, I like the forty-five last like Chris said, the last forty-five minutes. That's what I watched the movie for. Like if I'm watching it, I'm tempted to just skip to that part because the first act is so exposition heavy to me. It's jumping around too much. It is it is a little bit confusing. Once you kind of get the hang of it, you got it. But I think I, a fan could do it. Honestly, you don't even have to add anything. Just really cut it down, make it flow better. It's like you said with Bodhi. And like they, he's like, I need to find Saw Gerrera. And then they cut away from that. I think if they kept with that and then just jump to the next thing, it might work better. Yeah, and I, I feel like, you know, it was a tall task for uh, the writer and director of this film because, you know, 
you're 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 ba- like think about the Clone Wars. You're basing this off one line from the opening credits. Like that's all you got, and you've got to sort of build it up as you go. There's nothing you can build on other than the fact that characters from A New Hope that will show up here. So there's a lot to handle, and I think it could have been handled better. But considering what they had to deal with, I think it's acceptable. You know, it's not great. It's not bad either. It's just you know. I think it could have been a lot better, but I don't think it's like too bad, as some people have said. But that's just how I feel about that. I, I think it's just, I think the first act is just the way it is because they know what you want to get to. Yeah. I mean, what do we talk about when you talk about Road One? You talk about the the fighting at the end. You talk about the six space battle and stuff like that. I mean, they know what they want to show, and they clearly know what their their talents were. So they just want to really quickly establish, okay, here's the people that you've never met before, now let's get into it. And then you get to Jeddah, and you meet, uh, uh, what's-his-face? Um, what's Saul Guerrero? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You meet him, and then they kind of set up a little bit more of the story, but then they start to tease you yeah. with what they're going to show, and they, the last King of Ireland. they I, destroy the Jeddah, yeah. and then you get more into getting to Scarif and everything. But they, they know what they yeah. want to get to, so they they jumble up the setup and try and rush through that portion, which maybe hurts the movie in the long run. Maybe that's uh, one of the few criticisms criticisms that the pe- people have of the movie. But yeah. um, I don't blame them for it. Clearly, they knew their strengths, and to be quite honest, I'm glad they spent more time on those parts. And I'll say this even, you know, people talk about the last 45 minutes, but I'll say to the point when they get through Jeddah and they leave Saul and then the Death Star blows up Jeddah and all that stuff, after that... There's really not much I even have to criticize about this yeah. movie because agree, it yeah, has it has hit the fan. The, it's, like, it's going. The, yeah. the final 45 is great on Scarif, but like you know, Jin going to find her father and that whole scene with the Tie Fighters and um, yeah, if, executing. If we want to move group, on. Yeah. I think I think the first act of the film kind of concludes pretty pretty nicely with the the first Death Star shot, which is obviously a feast for the eyes. And then it's really cool. concurrent with that, you have the the Mads Mikkelsen speech to Jin, um, which. Concurrently happens with the Death Star shot, so I think that's the climax of the first act, and it, it like you guys said, it, it does pretty, it moves at a pretty steady clip after that. But I think it does suffer a little bit from that, in that if we're going to move on to the second act of the film, which is the the back to the Rebel base, figuring out whether or not we can trust Jin, and the trip to Edu, uh, where where the Rebels end up showing up and killing Mads uh, Mikkelsen's character, uh, Galen, uh, you have all this. That, I think, is a victim of the first part being stretched out so much is that we missed so much in the middle. The middle part is the fatty part. The character building part gets a little bit skinny and cut short. And that's that's my biggest issue with this film is that that is the most important. It, it makes the last act matter more. And it, it, it falls a bit short, in my opinion, as we don't really we, we have the, the the contested nature of Jin and Cassian's relationship. I mean, they. they Get into it on 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 the on the ship on the U-wing, and you have all this back and forth. But I think the camaraderie and the willing to die for each other that shows up in the third act is not reflected in the relationships built in the second act. So, in in a perfect world for me, the first the first act of this film is condensed, and the second act is drawn out to make those relationships more impactful and meaningful, and set up for the third act to be even better. Because I feel like 
the first two acts stumble a little bit in in what they choose to focus on, and it detracts from the movie overall as a result. That's that's a good point. I I guess I always interpret it a bit differently because I know you know when you're when you're doing a crew movie, right? When you have a big cast of characters mm-hmm. again of all very different variety, you want to try and build them up and build camaraderie between the two and I, or between the group. And I realize in the middle it kind of lacks that, but I guess I always sort of saw it as more of a fact that. The reality of the story is, as we call it a war movie, the story is not the soldiers. It's the fact that they are all that we got to throw together to try and save everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sort of the fact that the idea is that they're supposed to be all so different and not naturally have that together. But in the mission to save everybody, they kind of naturally bond together. But again, I do understand that there should definitely be some more, especially with Cassian, for example, because right. he goes from... I mean, the whole crux of the final act, the, the thing that starts it into action is the fact that Cassian and all these these so-called rebels are, are willing to yeah. essentially defect from the rebel alliance and go on this mission with them. And I and then you have all the sacrifices that get made on Scarif. I just don't really buy it. I mean, yeah. maybe Bodhi because he has nothing to lose, but I, it, I think I could buy it a little more. If there was just one or two scenes, I mean, jumping ahead to Solo just for a quick second, I really like the campfire scene in Solo because it really establishes a crew together. And just one scene like that in Rogue One would really go a lot to making these characters care about each other and just making me buy the sacrifices they're willing to make because I, I just have a hard time dealing with the choices that they make in the third act. It seems like they're doing it because they're in a movie, not because they're compelled to. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Th- that's fair. That's fair. I guess I always just always bought it in the fact that, you know, this movie's message is Empire bad, Rebels trying to save the day, they'll do anything to save it. But I guess that that is a fair point in the fact that they do go to the extreme. I think it is... Um... I think it is somewhat believable because they are fighting for like uh, for a common cause in the third act, trying to get the Death Star plans to the rebels, and so maybe they don't have the most fleshed out alliance. But it's kind of the thought process where you get to the point where, despite the limited time you've been around each other, you know you're fighting for a common goal. So they're willing to fight for the people that are left and right, essentially, to get the mission done. So in my in my eyes, I get what you're saying and. I totally agree that maybe they could have added like another 10 to 15 minutes to the movie to maybe <clears throat> add a little bit more context and whatnot to the relationships. But all in all, I think that it's still satisfying. And, and while people may have issues with that, uh, I I personally don't really. Yeah. And I, I would say one thing is they really set up each of their individual motivations well. But I, I, I do see, Jack, that there is a lack of that group motivation. Like, you know, they each have their own thing, right? You know, you've mm-hmm. got... Um, True with the Force, which obviously naturally goes against the Empire in its mm-hmm. own way, and his companion as well. You've got the pilot, whose name I'm totally forgetting. Bodhi. Yeah, and he, exactly, Bodhi. And he knows um, Jin's uh, father from that, so you've got yeah. Jin has, his own, has her own motivation, and Cassian, of course, is just the simple rebel that will do anything to win right. almost too much. But I will say there there is a bit of a lacking in terms of the group. Yeah, like you have the, the scene where, where, where Baze calls Jin little sister, and I think I, I could... I could sit with that a little better if it had been set up a little better in yeah. the second act. I think I think they wrote the third act with an understanding that these characters know each other super well, and I bet that that scene is probably left on the cutting room floor yeah. as terms of the second act of the film. And again, there's uh, I think it's worth mentioning there is a big uh, like there was a lot of studio controversy around the making of this movie. It was in fact done by two different directors, much yeah, like both, Solo. Both of these films have had exactly. a, had a lot of uh, tumultuousness with the directors, and I think that's evident in. How, how the trailer, if we're going to go yep. on to the third act of the film now, the trailer has, I think, 
this third act was completely rewritten because the trailer is effectively every scene we see on Scarif does not happen in the final cut. Yeah, no, that you see, I mean, you have a shot of Krennic walking on the beach, which never happens. You have, as you mentioned, uh, Jen with the the Tie Fighter, which never happens. That's right. So pretty much everything we saw on Scarif does not end up happening in the actual film. I mean, whoever rewrote it, it <laughs> they did a pretty good. They job. did a pretty great job. They I got mean, it. it's fan. Fantastic, the third act. I mean, we've been talking about it the whole time already, or at least basically every time I've talked, I've brought it up just That's because fair. it's 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 good. The Star Wars battle. I mean, I don't think in terms of showing the the fights and whatnot, it's not the Star Wars battle. That's not what I mean. What I mean is like it's fair. If you look through all Star Wars movies, right? They clearly have their big climactic setups and everything. You have uh, the battle of episode uh, two, the end of episode two, you have the end of uh, episode three. Well, not really. That's more of kind of like the collapse. The beginning of, the, of yeah, three. Yeah. The beginning of three. You have the beginning of three. You're getting hints of the big battles and everything. Assaults on um, both Death Stars. I mean, you have the beginning of Last yep, Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, would say, space I would say even then, Rogue One might be near the top of my list in terms of the battles that we've seen in Star Wars movies for me. It it's, doesn't. It's probably yeah. number one for me, honestly, because it really is like, I mean, these guys are fighting. I mean, you have you have blue squadron, you have the red, gold, and blue squadron, and they come flying in. The X wings look absolutely incredible. You you see the sacrifice they're willing to make. Things blue squadron that goes nose diving into the shield before they can close it. Um, and then, as the le- legend legend tells that Gareth Edwards was walking around Lucasfilm one day, and he stumbled upon a filing cabinet and said, "What are these?" And they said, oh, those are the dailies from A New Hope. And as a result, the original pilots from A New Hope in never-before-seen footage were then digitally reinserted into oh, that's right. Rogue awesome. One. Yeah, that. you can right. tell. Yeah. That's, that's probably honestly and my that's favorite why, detail. That's why we have Blue Squadron, which was originally going to be Red Squadron, but George Lucas decided Red's cooler, I guess. Red is kind of—I think Red is cooler, actually. So— um, that that's the fate of Blue Squadron, and now the the uh, the story of Star Wars uh, since they got cut forty years ago in A New Hope. So I, I think the homages to original Star Wars, and I think that's something that uh, excuse me, <coughs> you good over there? Yeah, I swallowed something. <laughs> it happens sometimes. You know, you're, you're gonna right have to up. It's so pretty. Um, oh my lord! The beauty of this film, which I think is why I love it so much, and why people love it so much, is that. It captures 1977 in 2015. Yep. yep. And it's, I mean, the I mean, all you have to look at is the freaking mustache on Blue Leader, and that is not a 2015 choice. <laughs> that is a 1977. We're back in the old days. We are making Star Wars look futuristic in in the 40 years ago context, and I think that's why people like this movie is because like the Rebel base, all the technology looks the same as yep. it did back in the day. Um, all the like even the Death Star plans is like that dot matrix vector looking situation. It looks so cool, and I think that is what the universe of Star Wars looks like. And that's that's a lot of a lot of people have visual problems with the prequels is that they made it look so different and just tried to turn up all the sliders on the CGI machine. Whereas this one does it smartly, does it mm-hmm. concisely, and does it so well so that it, it looks like it fits into Star Wars and doesn't look out of place. Yep. There's no solid chrome Nabooian cruiser. And you and, see you see a bit of a mesh of the practical with the CGI, which is what which what this first time I saw it in the theater, I was so happy because like 
even though it's old and miniatures is not necessarily a modern day art, honestly, some of the times I think it looks better than it looks standard good. CGI. Yeah. Well, look, since we're talking about CGI, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin and Leia. Great. No, that that okay. So that actually looks really good. I remember watching that in the theater and seeing when Grand Moff Tarkin first comes on to the the big screen, like I think sometime in Act One or anything, and you yeah. see him, he kind of. Turns around all dramatically. Like, yeah, you can tell it's a little oh, wonky. Yeah, you CGI, think, oh, but... oh, they're gonna make him a reflection the whole movie. No, and no, that, that man turns around. And I he thought it was is... gonna be like a one-off scene or and something. And it doesn't look horrible like, either. He's in the movie. Yeah, that's him. That's the. That, I don't remember the name of the actor. Act, yeah, Peter Cushing. I mean, like, actually. who do they get to to like body double him? Probably yeah, just somebody with similar similar. I'm about to say like Peter Cushing height. You know what? Do an impression yeah. of him the whole movie. That thing's like I remember because I remember going to this movie and I'm thinking, all right, who are we gonna see from A New Hope? Because it leads right in. You know, that's what they tell us. And I'm thinking, all right, we're gonna see Vader, but who else? And I didn't think we'd see him because that I knew dude with the, the bowl cut that gets they, choked. They see we see. I mean, <laughs> like Jack was saying that it's the 70s and in, in 2015, and, and to kind of play off of that, like they're not here to tease you. We were talking about in the trailer earlier where. Oh, maybe Darth Darth Vader might be in the movie. You don't know how long or whatever. But as soon as you sit down in the theater, they've enticed you. They've they've brought you in to the movie. So there's no point in beating around the bush. They're, this is a movie that is set directly before A New Hope. So yeah. they're not going to tease you about it. They know what it is. They're showing Grand Moff Tarkin. They're showing Darth Vader. They're showing the technology and everything. Uh, and they're showing how that 70s aesthetic kind of can be shown in using 2015 technology and to kind of go off of your point uh again jack uh what you were saying <laughs> early no i'm supporting you I'm, this guy I'm, I'm backing you up all he does is, all he does is steal don't pay attention to me. no listen i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm backing you up I've, i i want to piggyback off what you're saying because i think you bring up a fantastic point because it sounds like an english class if you remember watching force awakens for the first time we talked about this last week. We were all like, oh, wow, I'm super excited what they can do with Star Wars with modern technology. Well, this is what they can do with yeah. Star Wars with modern technology. Um, some of the shots are incredible, like the uh, the X-Wings coming in from um, hyperspeed or they're, you know, they're yeah. jumping in. What what I say? Hyperspeed? <laughs> ludicrous speed. Light speed. <laughs> ludicrous speed. They're jumping in <laughs> and the, the camera's falling behind the X-Wing or... We've been talking about the space battle the whole time, but the ground battle on Scarif too. When, yeah, I mean, when uh, what's I his mean, face turns a, around and sees the, the ATAT. We've talked about this before, but the Star Wars triple battle makes its appearance once again with the uh, the infiltration espionage team of Jin and Cassian and K two, and then you have uh, Bodhi and Baze and the crew uh, with just straight out of. Uh, Apocalypse Now with the cigarettes taped to their helmets going through I the beaches that. of Scarab. That was a Vietnam movie. Like, <laughs> straight up. And then uh, then the space battle on top. So, I mean, that's the Star Wars triple battle done to a flawless execution. Uh, this The the ghost shows up from Rebels. Uh, just a minor detail I wanted to point out. Oh, that's right. And then I one of my favorite scenes is when the... the uh, the ATAT. It's not an ATAT, but y- you know it what I'm talking like about. It looks like it. Yeah, it's, it ca- looks it's like the cargo it. ATAT. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know this one. Um, <laughs> um, gets hit by the rocket and it just shrugs it off, and then it just gets completely iced by Blue Squadron. Cinema, beautiful. <laughs> cinema. <laughs> that is cinema. I will say my favorite scene in particular, uh, other than the ending scene, which I'm sure we're going to get to in a minute, is when they bring in the Hammerhead Corvette, which of course yes, that's, that was cool. that is a famously Legends uh, like. Like the Hammerhead Corvette thing showed up in Legends, and they finally brought it in. And it's the 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 Rebel General that was being so so testy for the whole movie. 
Oh yeah, that's right. And it's it is him. him. That's right. And I, he like he like does a noble thing. And I thought he was Bob Duncan from Good Luck Charlie for like <laughs> five years. <laughs> But it's not. He's some British guy. He, yeah, that w- no, that's a really cool scene. And, and even they, the, the visual effects when the ship cle- splits. cleaves just, the Star Destroyers. That, that's just such a And they a fall cool, into the shield. Yep. It's cinema. so cool. That, that so is cool. such a cool scene. Like the, Again, I mean, the whole space battle again. I also think, I'll say this, I, of the Disney Star Wars, I think it's the best looking easily. Oh, yeah. Without question. I would, I would say maybe it's better than... Revenge of the Sith, but you know, Revenge of the Sith has its moments like the battle in Coruscant when it just looks unbelievable, especially for its time. But as far as the Disney level, I mean, just the combo of the miniatures and the CGI just it works too well. You really I think believe the camera kind of looks makes it look a little cheap. I'll say it. What do you mean? I think it looks cheap. The in movie what looks way? cheaper. I mean, like it's not bad or anything, but like compared to Rise of Skywalker, Force Awakens, and Last Jedi, because just of looks the cheaper. miniatures, you can't just say things. It just David. looks cheaper what, to me. What? Watch the movie. Watch like the I, film quality. I, just I'm what, like so perplexed by this statement. I don't know what you mean by it looks cheap. I think it looks I know, I fantastic. did say it looks cheaper. I have something negative to say. Oh? Let's go. All right. Here we go. What's the whole crux of the ground crew's mission? What are they to all plug fighting up the about? radio. So they can do what? So they, they need can, to transmit, they can uh, transmit back the to the rebel fleet. Because they can't, because the thing, because the shield. But what's the message they have to get up there? The, it's the, the plans, plans themselves. No, no, no. I'm saying, what, why can't they? All right. I'm just telling you. They're trying to tell the rebel fleet to blow open the shield gate. Oh, that's but right. What the heck else is the rebel fleet doing? Well, okay. Um, I guess the idea is I thought when they get there, they didn't realize that the shield gate also acted as like a barrier of sorts. I thought, but wait, wait, well, wait, no, wait. No, because it can't transmit through the shield gate, and they don't. Admiral Akbar doesn't know that. It's it may, not Admiral Akbar. It's Admiral Radis. Yeah. There's a big point made. I mean, Bodhi's like, hit the shield gate, you know, in that weird, nervous, great actor, weird, nervous bit. Shield gate. Um, I don't know. It's just. Well, wait, if we're being negative, wait, Jack. Like, no, I mean, like, what's the is the issue that why do they need to hit the shield? Yeah, gate it seems like it's 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 tension. That the writers' room got ahead of themselves oh, and like, didn't well, think it through. I, I, I guess my issue would be because what? yeah, because I mean the problem is that they can't get the the message the message through the shield, right. but they didn't right. know that. So I don't know. Maybe the rebel fleet was going to do it anyway, and this is going to speed it up. Boy, I thought I thought they made a point to say that they need they knew it wouldn't get through the shield gate, so they had to blow it up. I thought I thought Bodhi s- specifically cites that. Listen, at, towards it's, the it's worth a rewatch. It def- I'm definitely having because to go back again. They, they do make. I mean, they're Bodhi's whole thing is that he sacrifices himself to plug in the radio so that he can tell the rebel fleet to hit the shield gate, and then they end up doing it with the hammerhead Corvette. I which, think it is because they. I think it is because they don't realize. Uh, initially, that they can't transmit yeah. through the shield. They assume it's just a normal shield. They know that they the shield is obviously keeping them from getting to the planet, but they don't know that it also blocks out communications. I mean, you, I, I I get what you can what you're saying. I can see that's kind of that kind of is like uh, dumb in a sense. Manufactured tension. Yeah, it's like I mean, yeah. What do you mean this thing that, that blocks I mean, out the planet that's, won't let that's, you talk through it? I mean, like, that, that's the scene that kills basically Bodhi, Baze, and Cheru, is that they're all, they all sacrifice themselves to get the comm up and running. That's right. So, that's that's something. Great now, film. Alright, let's talk about let's, Chris's scene. Let's, I was about to say, let's... Let's talk about the scene, because yep. this scene, I remember, oh man, watching this in the movies, this is awesome. So, you have the rebels. They're they're downloading the plans of transmission, and they're getting it. The run of the door. It the second that it gets stuck, you know something's about to happen. The music kind of swells down. 
all you hear is like the 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 siren going off, the woo woo woo, and no, the keep lights doing it. turn off. I, I like it. <laughs> Davis, keep doing it in the background. <laughs> it's just like that. Uh, it it's it's uniquely like '70s sounding alarm, and you see the uniforms that they're wearing. It just brings back the nostalgia of a new hope. And then it 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 just stares down into the pit of darkness. And you hear it. You hear those first few breaths, and you know it's about to go down. As soon as that lightsaber comes out, he starts just going brazy on these dudes, just mowing them down. And it's, it, I mean, th- th- this scene, this scene exists to be cool. Like, yeah, that, honestly, that you could have, in terms of storytelling, you could have removed this scene, and it would have made it would have been still a good movie and everything. But they were like. We've been teasing Darth Vader the whole time. Let's kind of give that payoff and just have him mowing down dudes for about a minute and a half. I, I will say uh, two things. And one, this is something I just remembered, and then I'll get into the Darth Vader thing. So actually, uh, Chris, you mentioned how they they like redid the final act or whatever. Like You talk about how it seems like it's a whole different movie. That was Jack. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Jack. Yeah, we're over here. My bad. Um, Where's so the guess? I actually remember hearing a detail <laughs> that originally in the original cut of the movie, uh, the majority of our Rogue One squad actually survived. Because Disney wanted that ooh, to happen, ooh, and then, and then let Gareth, die. Gareth Edwards was like, "Actually, that's not how it's going to work." So then they do all that. But then I would say my favorite part about the Darth Vader scene is that you don't know it's coming because you know Jin and Cassian sacrifice themselves. The screen flashes white. I remember grabbing my popcorn bucket and saying, "Okay, the movie's over." And then when you the camera keeps credits. going, and you realize you're st- the, it's still going on, you're like, "What on earth is going to happen?" And then I mean, he gets to it, and it's just. That was probably the most I have freaked out in a theater, other than when uh, Thanos did the snap when and I realized he actually snap. did it. When Happy Feet Two came on, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, no, but like legitimately, like because I didn't like when he did. I was like, oh my gosh, you he's should, actually gonna get some a scene. Unless you've watched, like I've never seen the Clone Wars, but or anything like that. But it seems like unless you've watched something like the Clone Wars, anytime you've seen a Jedi, they're going up against another Jedi or someone of uh, equivalent power and the capabilities, except for, of course, maybe like A New Hope or something in the beginning. But this was probably the first time where we've really seen just, it's kind of like that scene from the comics where Darth Vader is on some planet and he's surrounded by a bunch of rebels. And um, they're like, we have you surrounded, give up. And he see, he, he says, he takes out his lightsaber and he says, all I see is a hundred dead men. And it's like, that that's Darth Vader. That's the Darth Vader that we've been hearing the stories about all the way throughout the original trilogy. Like, you know the guy's imposing and he has a lot of power and he's insanely good at what he does, but you, you really don't get a lot of it. You get the stories and you get what he is, but in terms of showing it, this, is, this shows it. This absolutely is kind of that establishing point where okay so everything we've been hearing everyone we've been everything we've been thinking is true he's you know he's using the force he's barely just shrugging off shots left and right there's the there's the rebel that he pins to the ceiling with the force and as he's walking by him he just casually like cuts him in half with his lightsaber it's just so cool it's 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 really is just Pure fan service, as you can tell by me geeking out about it over here. But it really is just super cool. And I mean, I think it, I think it also just you know adds on top of being fan service. I mean, it adds to the tension of a new uh, <clears throat> excuse me of a new hope because like 
you realize how dire the situation is because he just mowed down 15 of them in a matter of seconds and they barely got out. So I think it even adds a bit more to it because, you know, a new hope you're kind of thrown in. You don't really know what's going on. You're like, okay, yeah. they're clearly running from him for something, but why? And this just adds to that. This is why. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> if they weren't able to escape, he would have been done with them in about five seconds. But Davis Jack, any thoughts on uh, this? Uh, I mean, oh, sorry. Uh, it's not my favorite scene. Uh, what? Not to be. I mean, I like it. It's great. I'm glad it happened. But like, it's not what I think of when I think of Rogue One. I do really like the camera work uh, when they finally mm-hmm. do pass off the Rebel plans, and it like follows the sol- like five soldiers as they stumble yeah. down, and then the guy yells "launch," and they pull off. That's like that. That gives me goosebumps. Like that's more so than the Darth Vader scene. I'm not trying to be a contrarian, but what a contrarian! That's I, here. I mean, Darth Vader pales in comparison to like the tension of everything else going on in in the film for me. But I'm glad it happened, like I That's said. Fair. I like the scene where Cassian and Jin get blown up. Yeah, that was yeah, that, that was cool. I'm glad they did not kiss. That, I, I, like, I feel like they really wanted them to, but I'm glad they did not. Because I feel I like, like it's how, the trope that they always have Krennic gets trick-shotted yeah, by the Death Star. That's a good one. Oh, That's yeah, great. that was that, that was the Death great. Star just, like, cleaves the top of the tower, which... Like, that's an off-screen death, but for Krennic, but... He's still alive. Got him. I will say, underrated aspect about this movie, now I'm thinking like, about Krennic. You, Krennic is you like... You heard him in The Force and Rise of Pagliacci the Clown. He's a tragic hero. <laughs> you want to root for the guy, and every no, day the world don't. just throws dirt I, in his face. You really face. don't. I kind of do. I mean, he I finally did. just... He built a Death Star, bro. Ulti- he just built the gun. That's true. That's the whole point of the film, is that Tarkin's like... Good job on the gun, but I built the rest of this ball. Yeah, and I, I, re- <laughs> I really do like how it adds a bit even to A New Hope with Tarkin, like... I mean, you just see how he completely swindles this guy out of his creation. He's like, actually, on second thought, I'm just going to steal it instead. Yeah. And I think cool. I, I agree. I agree. All right. Favorite scene? I Them mean, blowing up. I mean, I can't Wait, say who? the last. Cassian and Jin. Oh. I can't say the last entire 45 minutes, so I'm going to be that guy, and I'm going to say the Darth Vader scene. Yeah, there. Congrats. I've said it. That's good scene. Oh, Chris I'll, being that guy. I'll actually say, um, I'll say, hmm. Honestly, I like a lot of what happened on Jeddah, and particularly when the Death Star blew it up, because, you know, I was oh, like, what's going to happen? That was cool. The and contrast then, of the absolute fire and destruction, and then they're watching, like, the CCTV film <laughs> of it, and they're like, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, like, but I, I really was like, I was like, what is going to happen? Because we've only ever seen it, you know, the, you know, firecracker explosion yeah, I was that they did with a say. ball. And this was like, I, I mean, it was just insane. And I honestly was like, okay, maybe they won't make it out. Like, is something going to happen? And they yeah, did, this course, one, but. like, makes you come to grips with what a planet being destroyed is. Yeah. Because yeah. We, ne- we never saw Alderaan, like, the We'd, surface. Exactly. It's just like a firecracker. It's it just gone in a second. You're yeah. like, well, there goes that planet. But, like, we've been hanging out here for a while. We saw it, like, get ripped from the seams of the core. Yeah. And lava spewing out. Great. I liked when the X-Wing came out of hyperspace. That was cool. And it plays the music. That's, I don't w- that's fair. And, like, the whole from the X-Wing coming out to, like, the guy getting closed in the shield gate door. Great. I don't want to... Kino. I don't want to linger on it too long, but just to go back to the uh, to Jeddah real quick. Um, yeah, we've never seen the Death Star. When it blows something up, it's always just kind of like a firecracker, like, pop. But this is really... just. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, it's, not, it's like a Socratic seminar. <laughs> Most of the <laughs> piggyback on what you have. This is like a this is like a discussion like a post discussion. on Canvas. Yeah. Like I, you oh, post, I'm glad you said people. that because I have one due at midnight, so I'm gonna <laughs> do that later. Uh, but yeah, no, it it's a really kind of emotional scene in a sense where you kind of you see that full destruction. Yeah. I, like I, I mean, to the film's credit, this and honestly, like Argo. 
are two movies that like Argo. Those are dumb. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, like, no, 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 we have to say the tension, very the tension, scenes. like of them, like they're like two people are infiltrating this big imperial facility, and it's like they they don't know they're there. Like the tension of the situation. That's fair. It it like it gets my heart beating. That's a good comparison. Like Argo the, is the Iranian that. airport in Argo. Movie. So that's, good. that's a good comparison. Draw your also, parallels. Ben Affleck, uh, Batman. I think well, I could say least favorite scene. I mean, for me, it's Leia showing up to the Bark end with, the, her, with the horrendous CGI. Like, I didn't think that was that bad. I, I it was re- unnecessary. Yeah, yes. that's why. That's because because honestly, if, if it is unnecessary, I'd like it to be perfect. And I thought the CGI compared to Tarkin did not look very good. Of course, Tarkin, of course, is in a you know dark rooms where it's easier to hide it, and she's in this bright ship. But I'm just like, look, we get it. The next movie is a New Hope, and we I, get it. The rebellions are built on hope. We get that that's the theme, but it's just like I'm like hope. Eh. With her weird lips. I guess that it, it's she, for Grand Moff Tarkin, he's not really someone we see every day. Uh, Carrie also Fisher true. is someone we see more every day, so we're more likely to notice. It's kind of like a, it, it's not horrible. It really isn't that bad CGI. It's just like in a un, kind of uncanny valley position where you know it's fake. Yeah. But it looks real, yeah. so it's kind of like, uh That's fair. Unsettling. That's fair. But now, I guess, any more thoughts before we move on to the lesser of the two anthology movies? Thumb, Still good, though. Thumbs up. All right, so... Two thumbs up. Great job, Gareth. Rogue One. Rogue One is fantastic. Three. Watch Indeed. war movies. So, the, the next one, Solo, uh, you got more director drama. It was finished by Ron Howard, but it was started by the guys who directed... Oh, what did they write? Well, they were actually going to write the Flash movie for the DCU, and they also... What are their names? I can't. I cannot remember their names for the life Someone of me. prepared this guy. The Coen brothers. No. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, let me let me just Google it one second. But they were gonna write the Flash movie for the DCU, and they actually brought that project. They're the guys as well. that did the Game of Thrones, wasn't it? I no, believe it is Martin I, Scorsese. The Kaczynski's. What? Whoa. <laughs> oh, it was Phil Lord and Christopher Miller? Those are the original directors that were hired. They in- made Clone High. They- <laughs> did they really? And Twenty One Jump Say, Street. What? They they were they exactly they were hired in 2015. And I like your work. giving me a high five and then. The table. <laughs> uh, Ron, <laughs> I like your funny words, Magic Man. <laughs> Good lord. Alex, you ever seen um, that show? I watched that show before it got no, popular. Do you like actually. clones? Do you like clones? Chris is always talking about how he watched that show before it was cool. I did. I'm I'm I sure watched it did. like five years ago. And like I, the four I tried telling people brag about. I, I tried telling people about Clone High and they were like, Yeah, whatever. And then somebody was like, Look at this funny hey, JFK. The directors meme. of Clone High are directing the solo <laughs> anthology movie. <laughs> Phil Lord and Chris Miller also did the Lego movie. Ah, that's they did. Right. The that's Lego right. movie's good. They kind hey, of awesome, uh, bro. Former Secretary of the Treasury, Steve Mnuchin. What? Uh, what? He is an executive producer on that film. Is that where all the money went? <laughs> That's where my tax dollars are going. <laughs> all right. So this movie, it's called Solo. Um, it's about a beloved Star Wars character by the name of Solo. And yeah. I think it's about it was kind of doomed from the start. And 70% of it was reshot. And so. yeah, yeah. So I mean, contextualizing this movie, this uh, this movie, unlike most Star Wars movies in the Disney era, did not come out at Christmas time. It came out in May. It debuted. The debut trailer was during the Super Bowl. Um, or That's right. the big game. I'm sorry, NFL. Um, <laughs> what? You can't say superb owl. You have to say the big game. Um, <laughs> Point, Alex. Give pretty, it, I, give I it guess the time. Pretty I'm tight sorry. intellectual property laws there. So really? the debut trailer was during uh, that 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 Rams Patriots game. I mean, hor- uh, horrible game. I mean, sheep, uh, Minutemen game. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, it came out, and it came out like five months after the Last Jedi, which so, was so this this was this was Marvel taking the steering wheel of Disney and being like, okay, three movies a year, let's go. 
And Star Wars was not ready for that, as is seen in the box office. And as is seen by, you know, you don't want to follow a movie that has, you know, negative like implications. Like, you know, if um if the first if like Endgame was poorly received and they released Spider-Man right after, it would not have been done that well. But with The Last Jedi, you know, you've got a very divisive movie. Arguably the most divisive movie that I've ever seen. Again, I can't speak for all movies ever, but you know, it's up there, certainly. And then you're gonna be like, all right, let's release another one about a character that not many people were even asking for, really. And it's just like to me, this movie's just okay. I, like it's it's not bad, it's not great either. It's just like it does some good things, it does some other things, and I'm like, eh. So it's just it's okay. I I liked it a lot. I, I watched it for the first time after a day of studying and doing homework for like twelve hours, it was ten o'clock at night, and I didn't want to go to bed, so I just threw on solo and. If if that if that's the ideal experience for it, then I maybe I cracked the code because when I watched it, I I liked it a lot. But it, it's like I was saying earlier, I feel like it was doomed from the start because Rogue One messed with the with the original trilogy, but not with something we were already familiar with. It 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 added on to what we already knew. This one tried to add on to what we already knew by messing around with a, a, a very well-liked, beloved character in, in Han Solo. So from the jump, I, I didn't really want to watch it in theaters. I was kind of like, whatever. I mean, they're going to start doing this. It's going to be like, what? like you were saying, three movies a year. Uh, that wasn't really anything I wanted. So yeah. I didn't watch it in theaters. I watched it on Netflix. But um, it, it had its high po- it had its high points, and... It it had more low points than Rogue One, but in all in all, you know, it's like a solid seven or eight out of ten. It's not, it's nothing crazy. Yeah, I I don't know. It just for me it was like I don't know, it's just like I never really enjoyed it that much the first viewing. And since then I'm like, all right, once the nostalgia done, it's just like it's just it's okay. Like it sets up some good things. I like uh a bit of the origin story for Han. I think it's the story fits with ha- what his character becomes because you know he plays off this uh, bad boy character that cares about nothing, and you see throughout the movie that's not even close to the case. But that's the you know the like facade he puts up throughout the original trilogy that we find out as well. So I liked that part. I liked Woody Harrelson as well. Uh, he was good, yep. Which he, he's good in everything as well. So that's Cheers. worth mentioning. Great in Cheers. I forgot he was in Cheers. That's where he started. Bro. I, I know, I know, that's but it's the like OG Woody. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> But um, I don't know. I just I I felt like some of the like explanations for how he got like the things that he had was a bit just like oh he got this thing and it's important. Like does anybody understand the dice? I don't really understand it. It, I mean I got it. Good luck. No no I mean okay okay sorry, I asked the wrong question. Um so you roll dice throughout throughout the original trilogy the dice are there but nobody really cares. Yeah that that that's the thing I want to bring up is that Disney's like oh. I bet we could sell these for nineteen dollars. That's and so um, they they make a they make a focal point out of it when it never was. I mean, they were there in the original trilogy, but it wasn't. Yeah. See, I don't even opening, know what you're talking the about. Opening the opening shot of the movie. So, because remember, he and everybody Kira owns have this dice that he takes off the and then first they, speeder. He they steals. re-dice it oh. up in uh in the last Jedi. One of the last Jedi did it first, and then Solo's like, "Hey, remember this?" Re-die. Oh, another streak in the last Jedi legacy. But like, but they you know, ruined Solo. I I just I I don't get it because it's just like. It's like almost trying too hard, like him. <laughs> What's funny, Alex? That's nothing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like in him, the mean streets of Corellia. Like him finding Chewie, I like that. Him finding the Falcon, which they all say Falcon the whole time, which again I don't, I don't understand. Come but, on, man. The Falcon. But um, get over it. 
Hey, look, 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 look. The movie. I, I, I know it's a movie, but I just don't get Get it. your popcorn, Alex. Um, I know, I know. But I mean, like, Lando calls him Han. What do you want? Yeah, but at least that stays consistent <laughs> And in Lando's movie. a vlogger. Yeah, like, okay. That's one of my big issues with that. I don't like how they make... I don't like Lando and in this movie. And he's in love movie. with the robot. Say no. I don't like Lando in this movie. They... Lando was like this cool, suave dude in the in the original trilogy, and, and he's a cool, suave he, he's, dude in Solo. He's definitely in not. Love with the robot. He's, he's definitely not in Rise of Skywalker. I, like I don't know what you're talking about, like, but they're both like faking it till they make it. They both like don't have their their crap together. No, like, but they like Lando's ship's got a parking boot on it. Like, no, that's funny. That is funny. I that do have an issue. Funny. They make him. They make him like a caricature instead yeah, yeah, yeah. of. I agree with that. It it seems like an over exaggeration. I think yeah. I think. They 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 took like the the traits that you would see on IMDb, or if if Lando had like a Steam page, like the user tags on the right were like charismatic. If they uh, made one of those talkative, like, they were like, let's take those and put them to ten. Like they didn't flesh I think, out the character. Yeah. I think Donald Glover handed up too much. He was trying to do like a, a Billy D. Williams impression, but also do you know he was that- going like he was going like, Han, what's but do, do you notice that his voice literally changes? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no one can see your scene. lips on the podcast. He, he, well, I hate li- to break it to you. <laughs> How do you know? They want to find like, out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, literally, his voice changes scene to scene. Like sometimes he sounds actually oh, like yeah. Billy D. Williams, that, and other times it's just Donald Glover. If you're looking for it, you will notice in this film because of the reshoots is that scene to scene, everyone's character changes dramatically. Yeah, like, I mean, is it, is it Trent, the guy that Nate played? Han Solo, Alden Ehrenreich. Oh yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. Okay. I think Trent? he. I think. De- <laughs> I think. <laughs> all- the last time someone was named Trent. I mean, okay. There's someone in one of my classes named Trent, and it has the I'm same. I'm sorry, Trent. I, he I has think- the same last name. So Ehrenreich. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe they're related. Resner? I think Alden Ehrenreich's the best thing to come out of this movie. <laughs> yeah, and he's good. I like he him. was good. He really owned this it. This movie kind of ruined his career, though. <laughs> he was doomed to fail, but he owned it, and I liked him. And I, I think, him. yeah, just my my. Big Ten idea about this movie is that the fact that it went through so much behind the scenes and we still ended up with the product that we did, it's it's unbelievable that we got such a great film out of such chaos in the director sphere. And that's why I really don't want a solo two because I don't want this to continue. Be dope. Like, I don't like, think you can have a solo. Like we, they 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 rolled a a, a seven on 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 the dice. Uh, for, for lack of a better term, and got a really good pull out of this one and like yeah. pulled it out of a really bad situation, Got it, caught a good break. I mean, yeah, it didn't do great, mostly because China's where movies make a lot of money now and China did not really like Solo. And as a result of that, this... I just don't... I don't want a Solo 2 so bad because yeah. I really like Solo and I I realize that no. it's really not replicable what they did here. Yeah, and no. I, think, I think considering the chaos, it was heading towards a, you know... Josh Whedon Justice League type of avenue before because that's the amount of chaos that was they going on. They just changed the color gradient. No, I mean no, I mean, but no, but like that's the amount of chaos that was going on behind the scenes is where apparently we have two very different movies, which of course we'll see the validity of that statement finally uh, on March 18th. But oh, over to that I thought point, you were talking about a solo director's yeah, the direct solo director's cut. No, 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 but like, but like, like considering where it was heading and all the chaos, the fact that it turned out, I, I mean, again. I think it's a pretty decent movie, and I think it could have been a lot worse. And I think the fact that they were able to put it together and actually have a coherent story and a coherent movie that actually does a lot of thing, a lot of good things, mm-hmm. is impressive. Release yeah. the uh, cut of Solo. <laughs> I mean, I re- uh, we don't really have to go through this one yeah. bit by bit, but I the overarching thing I really like about this in in, in the story is that it it's very self-contained. Yeah. It it doesn't. Yep. 
There, there's, I mean, there's some like goofy references, like the campfire scene. They reference like a bounty hunter that was in Phantom Menace, and like it makes the universe seem small, oh, which yeah, I, they which did. I don't like. But on top of that, it 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 is so self like basically the the empire is like the cops. Like that, that's the only the only obstacle is like. It, they're dealing with basically a mob boss and the cops, and it's it, it's it's life or death. It's like there's a train robbery. Like it's basically if you put a a Star Wars costume on a Western. And I really like that because it 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 is such a self-contained film that I think if Disney is going to move forward with their Marvel style thing that they like to do because it's very profitable, I don't blame them. If you're going to be an entertainment company, I think this is the way to do it and not keep tacking on to the Skywalker saga and just keep on. Working with characters we like, and I mean, even at at this point, we could have a, uh, I don't know, like a Lando spinoff. I wanted to say someone not in. He's getting a TV show, actually. Right. I mean, who, uh, what? Who's, who's the love interest? I forget her name. I, uh, oh, she's the, she's a girl from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah she's Game she's of Thrones good. girl. Wait, I uh, who? Dragon Queen. Oh, Amelia Clark. Um, yeah. Is that her name in the movie? No, no. In the movie, it's uh, Kira. 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 With Kira a, Knightley. With a Q. No. I no, with a, a Y. I wanted to bring it up. No, it's it's Q I R A. Oh. Interesting. With no, an it's not. Yeah, it's I R A. I'm just telling you. Is it uh, really? Yeah. Yes, it is. Dang. It's uh, a yeah, Alex, you can't spell. Why does it make a? Why does not make a k? Ah, you're right. It is. My bad. Ooh, this guy. I want uh, Yeah. So I mean, I think this fleshes out her to the point where you can maybe shoot <laughs> off good, with her. Fine. She has a spinoff. I, I'll, I'll let you go, Chris. I'm almost done. Uh, <laughs> she has a spinoff, and like that's completely separate from the Skywalker saga. That's a completely created for this movie character and now you can completely go in a different direction and there's plenty of ties um the big reveal at the end uh crimson dawn like the crime syndicate the the savarine all all this stuff it it shoots off in so many different directions not towards the skywalker saga that i think it's so great for star wars if they continue to move in this direction not that i think they will chris you got it sorry i kept on trying to hop in when i thought the conversation was over uh i didn't mean to keep it's over now so go ahead okay well (laughs) Uh, <clears throat> one thing I really like about this movie, it's kind of the opposite of Rogue One, where I thought that the the opening scene, the opening few scenes were kind of slow. I thought the opening few scenes of Solo really grab you in and, and lure you into the story. So one thing people always say about Star Wars is, you know, funnily enough, they always complain about you're always seeing Jedi's and whatnot. So they're always like, "What about the the bounty hunter side?" or or uh, the war side of Star Wars and stuff like that. Well, this movie what obviously about the star shows side of Star Wars, what about the spice this, mining side of Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, no, they people are always doing complaints like that. But what about like the the normal side of Star Wars? What's like the normal everyday life? Yeah, and you see there that in the one. beginning. What are the tax rates people, like? <laughs> people are just like walking around. You you can re- be recruited to the the Empire. He's like, yeah, we'll go yeah. Be a pilot. And they like and it has up, in the Imperial songs. They there. give you a yeah. funny name based on the fact that you're alone. Solo. Whoa. That, they're that just. Was, they're that, just did, he, did that did that change his birth certificate to Solo? He didn't have a birth certificate, Davis. He's no one from nowhere. There's bureaucracy <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, uh, I'm in saying in Star Wars there's bureaucracy. I'm we, convinced he has one. We see the smuggler side. How does he of have a, how does he have a social security number? They don't have that there. He has to have a FDR driver's license. Exist. What did they pull what did they pull him over in the Millennium Falcon? FDR <laughs> didn't exist in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> how Obviously. do you know? <laughs> I mean, how does he never mind. You can't prove it. It's such that, a broad universe. That's ad ad ignorantium. It's a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. Something like that. I will say, I did like the the entire Kessel Run. That was really cool. That was cool. How far it lived up to the hype. Even though that's not what the Kessel Run is, 
I'll give it to Wait, him. What is it? What I mean, Parsec is in the, the Kessel unit Run is like a very complicated star route. Not like you gotta go around the scary space hurricane with the monster. Yeah. Well, but see, <laughs> Disney technically got rid of all that. So is I uh, yeah. This is the those are legends now, stuck. Uh, yeah. But if, if he <laughs> says if he says in twelve Parsecs, Parsecs is religions unit of speed. and ancient weapons. <laughs> it's a unit of measurement. <laughs> Okay, is it? We're not well, going to do the parsec a, Parsec's thing. a unit of distance, not a unit of speed. I'm not getting into that. It's not miles per hour. It's like a mile. Uh-oh. Great. 12, so how can you 12 do... nautical miles. And George Lucas is like, it's okay. I thought well, it was I mean, great. They didn't uh, care what George Lucas said, unfortunately. Well, he Van, didn't care when he made the movie. Vandy Newton did a great job. I thought she was going to show up in the end as the informant, if Ooh, I'm getting honest with you. That would have been good. Because I was like, Vandy Newton's a great get, and she's gone. Yeah, but she disappeared. She disappeared. I like... Uh, yeah, great. Um, Thoughts on Maul? Anybody? That was I cool. don't think he, he did not need to be in it. He didn't need to, but uh, Disney would very much like to make a Marvel spinoff movie. <laughs> That's, yeah. He has no legs! <laughs> I mean, he's got him. Uh, yeah, he's got, got, got robot legs. He's like, the, he's like the guy from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> That's funny. I'll let a thousand children die before I let this company go under. I like the ending with between him and Woody Harrelson where... They kind of build it up to be yeah, that's an a epic Western. thing, and then he he just shoots him, and he's like, ah, you you learn. Like they respect each other to the end. He's like, I would have shot you, brother. <laughs> he's like, well, it was like the scene in Indiana Jones where they tease the sword fight, and Bam. Harrison Ford had a tummy ache that day, so he just <laughs> shot him. <laughs> he ate some bad bread. That's, one of, my, that's one of my favorite behind the scenes story. I love I love that scene. You almost don't believe it. I like yeah. the I mean the the switch out with the coaxium. Paul Bettany, great job. Oh, yeah. Paul I Bettany. Think, I think he was enough. originally supposed to be like a like a lion person, but oh, they yeah. ran out of money, so they just made his face red when he Works got angry. Some scratches. Um, but like the fake out with the coaxium, like the the Ocean's Eleven, like <laughs> we got him. We're in the SWAT van. It's like Ocean's Twelve. We already got it. But we tricked you, French guy. Paul oh. Bettany is the. Can I just say, he's a fantastic actor. He is. I heard he's been killing it on WandaVision, and they said his career was dead yep. before. Iron uh, Man. Before he was in uh, Age of Ultron as Vision. Uh, oh yeah, no, and he it was, was Jarvis. It was, yeah, it was but even before Iron Man, because I, I actually saw the story as well. In 2007, his agents like, yeah, you're done. You haven't made anything, and then he gets he made paid. Legion in twenty two. No, he gets he gets paid. Well, yeah, because Angel. No, dude. but no, he, he was Jarvis. In exactly, Iron Man. he got paid a very oh, small yeah, yeah, yeah. sum of money to do a basic voiceover, and then that has grown into literally being the central character of Disney Plus's number one TV show right now. And he's a fantastic <laughs> actor. He's he's the main <laughs> bad guy of Solo. He he has that movie where he's like, uh, you know, the the gay uncle. It's like a Hulu exclusive. Oh, I, I haven't I seen it, but it looks really uncle good. Frank? I want, yeah, Uncle Frank. I want to see that. I have it right here. Um, I he's just, know he's that. just been flourishing as like a really good actor. Tune in next week for the Paul Bettany edition. Paul Bettany's good. He is good. I, I, he's the only. I mean, I like I, I like said earlier or last week rather. I dipped out of Marvel uh, because after Endgame because I felt it was poetic. To Wandavision's good, bro. You but watch I, it. I, I've heard good things about Wandavision. I kind of want to watch it, and he's a big reason why. Like. I mean, I, I, if I'm, I'm gonna bury the lead a little bit. I really like Solo. It might be, it, it's, it's in my top three for sure. Star Wars Uh-oh. movies. So like, really, I, I, I don't have much to, wow. to negative to say other than, um, I think the acting can be a bit goofy, but that's not really something. Like, I'm not a, a big film buff. That's not really something I'm focused on. I'm more there for the, for the world and the visuals and the action. So, it, 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 it scratches the Star Wars itch I have perfectly. And the, the only criticism I have, which. 
it's more of a criticism I've heard that I can see, but I never really had independently, and I don't really agree with it, is that everything that Han Solo get, accomplishes and then brings up, it brings up later in, in um, the original trilogy happens in this film. So, like, this is the Solo story. Like, everything, yeah. everything that he references that- from the Kessel Run to meeting Chewbacca to meeting Lando to getting the ship to the Sabacc game, all that, like... Th- Everything we know about Han Solo all happens in the span of, like, a week in Solo. And my rationale for that is that we realized that, like, Han Solo's, like, kind of a goofball. Like, he, he happened his way into everything that's happening. He was just trying to do it for the girl. And that's a believable aspect of him. And so all this, I mean, he's, he got a great ship out of it. And that's kind of, like, kind of how what the coattails he rides on for the entire... Because, I mean, even in A New Hope, we see him and he's like, ah, I messed up. And now I'm, I'm trying to get out of it. And then he, he shrugs. Yeah. Um, so it's just like his son. That that's an issue I don't have with the film, but I know a lot of people do. Um, yeah. It 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 it, did, it does seem like that. everything <laughs> everything we know about Solo happens in this movie. Yeah. But that's, I think it's just it's it it, it it's better for it. Yeah, I, I I would say it is because again, without it, you know, where does the movie go? I think they had no choice but to fill it up. But again, also it fits that. You know, if they're not going to expand it, you want to explain most of it. You got to explain a lot of it at least. I will say one thing. I came up with this movie. Can we get some movie on Chewbacca and Kashyyyk? Because, dang it, we got the Wookiees the for like five seconds. Fall Just watch on. the Christmas special, bro. Oh it explains my gosh. everything. They made a new one with and Legos. I will say um, one thing, I, I one problem I did have with this movie, and again, it was more of just, I was like, again, I don't dislike it. I don't really like it that much. I just been like, it's all right. But I, I really had a problem with like, you know, like it's like trying to reinforce you that everybody's terrible, right? Like, e- like. Everybody's double crossing everybody, and even Han shoots his like mentor at the end of the movie. And it's like, I get it, I get why, but it's like almost like to like browbeating it to a point where it's like, hey guys, everybody is a bad guy in some form or another, except for like Infus Nest, who's like the only good guys in the entire movie. But I think really. that's realistic. No, I, I mean, mean, you I, look at it like you look at a movie like The Departed, and like everyone gets shot at the end of that one. That's so, true. Like, no, that's true. That's true. Every, I, that body count is huge, and that's a pretty like. Real, I mean that—that's essentially what we're looking at here—is the Star Wars version of The Departed, where it's like a pretty like intense <laughs> crime boss, like <laughs> no, no, like no, like swashbuckling. That's what uh, uh, the original trilogy has a lot of like swinging on ropes with daggers in our teeth, like funny pirate moments. But this is like, like Paul Bettany like slits a guy's throat, and he's just like, "Hello, up. love. Hey, <laughs> I'm here to meet with you. Hello, Han Solo. He's got a weird. I could have been a Panther Man. Sub. Sub he's like, like he's uh, an upright. He has like an upright accent. He's got a sense. really weird kind of spin-off of the British accent. It's not full Han British. Solo. Like, I can't do it. I can barely even do soft. a British it's accent. It's really anymore. fuzzy. <laughs> really fuzzy. fuzzy. That's there what you I go. feel. Solo. I'm, that is I'm Vision. Solo. I'm Paul Bettany. <laughs> I'm Paul Bettany. <laughs> You sound you sound like Ringo Starr. <laughs> uh, Ringo. Ringo. <laughs> oh, Ringo is, Starr. Is John, is, Can is, we do my song about the octopus? <laughs> <laughs> Pause the walrus. I'm playing Y'all the drums now. Stop. This is too much. Do the Lens Beatles edition? I We're all a different Beatles. The Beatles. I call Paul. Because he's dead. Ringo on the drum, yeah. We're gonna replace Paul's me. Paul's one of the two that isn't dead. <laughs> no, have you heard the theory? <laughs> no, not the theory. Dead me on dead man. Andrew WK. <laughs> yes, he got replaced, and they gave him plastic surgery because he died in a car crash. Just and and like then all Levine. you play the songs backwards, they say it. It's no, they real. don't. It's not real. I'm Number kidding. What, not not a Paul's movie thing. But the walrus uh, is Paul. Not a not a not a movie thing. But uh, one of my favorite interview responses was from Jimmy Page, the guitarist. From Led Zeppelin, they asked him. They were like, "So 
the rumors when you were at your peak that when you play your records backwards, it's messages from Satan. He's like, it's hard enough writing the mo- uh, writing the songs forwards. <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> writing them backwards. <laughs> All right, so now that we got everything set on solo. Anybody have anything else to add before we get into the? Check out Hail Caesar to see Alden Ehrenreich as another cowboy. Ah, it's great. He's really good Favorite scene what? in the film? Ah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, mine was in the Kessel Run when the Death Star is like going like through that tube. Or not the Death Star, sorry. The Star Destroyer. <laughs> it like goes like through like the like space hurricane, as you called it. And I just thought that was really, just re- looked really cool. And I really liked it. Oh, yeah. And like the sting with the Imperial March. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait. How about, how about um, uh, the... Uh, the Imperial March yeah, appearing in the exactly. universe. Uh, you mentioned in, that yesterday. In the propaganda recruitment video that <laughs> he sees in the in the space airport. I, I love space how Spotify. I love how ground level this movie is. I mean, I could get into like the space car chase. Awesome. Space, yeah, gets stuck in the space TSA. Awesome. The space World War One. Yeah, it's regular. Awesome. It's regular space Star Wars. It's like regular Star Wars. Like, though, I mean, we, I mean, the scene in the mud when he's the soldier. That's great. I like that. Like, that's I can, so cool. I can watch, I can watch I two hours of that. That's yeah. just awesome. That's so that's, that's why I love this movie. It's so ground level. It's Whoa. so like, it's so, it, it's not above your head. It's like, it's like the normal people. It's like, yeah. So when the Star Destroyer comes out, that's, that's, that's it for you, Alex. Yeah, I really like that scene. I also like how like they took the, because I was wondering how they were going to make it the Kessel Run and then that was the direction they led it to. So, yeah. Neat. I'll, I'll say mine's when they trick Paul Bettany and then he uh, dies. yeah. Like cool. you got trick Paul Bettany. Oh wait, he's not British. You got trick Paul Bettany. And he's like, oh man. What about you, Jack? I want to go last. I really like. I, I I like all the card scenes, the sabak scenes. We should get a sabak set through the lens edition. Um, <laughs> uh, that's I mean, like you don't have to get sabak like to to understand what's going on, and I really like that about it. It's very like on the same level as its as its viewers. So I really like that. Uh, as far as my favorite scene, my favorite like the cat the whole. Kessel Run part, the action combined with the music, like that that song that plays during that part of the film is called Reminiscence Therapy, and it's a mashup of the original trilogy Asteroid Field theme right. on top of the uh, Death Star Attack song. That actually cracked my Spotify top 100 <laughs> um, in 2018, that's so that's, that's how much I was listening to that because I really liked it. Uh, that scene just has some of my favorite like shots in in film, the part where uh, the, the Millennium Falcon does a does a ba- barrel roll and spikes the Tie Fighter into the <laughs> like that's so cool. That's what that's what Star Wars was made for. And the part with um the gun getting jammed and Woody Harrelson having to like trick shot the um Tie Fighter and then it, the gun gets shot and he says my thumbs really hurt. That's funny. And then the whole um. Him, him having pulling the coaxium out with the needle, and then running through the ship and slipping and just eating it, and then he drip, drips the coaxium in, and it does like a Fast and Furious shot of like the internal combustion engine of the, the Millennium Falcon, the like H, the O2, or like, whatever it is. I could watch that scene just on loop, the Kessel Run scene. That 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 that's how kinetic it needs to be. That's like that keeps you engaged, and that's like where Star Wars is at for me. That that's what I'd like to see more of. That level of action. For me, is probably like the the scene that I always remember when I think of Solo is uh, the botched train job. Oh, that's a good ah, one. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. great. So, I, what a I cool like concept. Yeah, yeah, it is really cool. It's it's space like space train. It's like a it's magnetic train, and then Snowpiercer. They come out and they have like magnet boots. <laughs> like so they're X-Men. like they're just like walking on with the magnet boots, and they're like flying off the side. It's great. It's like oceans. It's really cool. It's like um, it almost makes you want to see kind of like a. Uh, 
spy or four ten to Yuma in um, space. Like three ten to Yuma. It almost makes you want to see like a spy movie or something like that. That Davis missed the train to Yuma because he got there an hour late. And Davis, what's your uh, favorite scene? Oh, you already did my bad. Full Sabacc. Before right, right, I got a right. full Sabacc over here. I Before like, right. we rate the Star Wars movies, which I think was your next point. Star yeah, Wars. Can I, that's, can I ask y'all? Um, yes. So we've seen Rogue One. We've seen uh, Solo. What? Who is a character or a situation that you would want to see in a movie? Hmm. I mean. I mean, if we're going all movies, I'll take The Old Republic any day. But I guess if you're talking specifically in the Skywalker saga, then... Just just Star Wars, you know. What's up? Hey. No, I didn't say anything. Yeah, you did. What what, what you got to say, Jack? I made a face. Okay, well, well, why the face? You don't like The Old Republic? I'm just not enthralled with it. That's fair. Uh, I mean, that's fair. I I always have been. They're like Mandalorian. I think the only medium of it is... uh, Video games. Video games. So if you don't like the games, which honestly... I'm not not a big... They just came out with uh, with a new book series about it. I'm not big on the... Who's going to read, Davis? People, they were like blinding up like Harry Potter. If I'm I'm going to tip my Sabacc hand a little bit... In middle school, I played... Like late middle school, early high school, I played a lot of... Knights of the Old Republic MMO, so I kind of have a soft spot for it too. That's fair, but I'd, I'd take the Old Republic or even it's still up. Chris, I would. Still play I, would it. I honestly, the, it would. Would it all I just be out. fan service? Maybe, but I would take a story about Vader like before uh, A New Hope, just at some point. Are they doing that? Cool. Yoda what? in high school. <laughs> I mean, they, they are Yoda High. Mm, that seems they that- shut me into a locker. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Wait, maybe that's why we see. I need maybe, an A on my dash. Maybe he gets like a brain hemorrhage, and that's why he can't talk in straight no, He talks anymore. like that because that's how they used to talk. Because he's so how did the, the yodel- survivors a perimeter create? That's how they. <laughs> Here's your Oscar. Bookers, they were not. <laughs> but um, that's the thing is they're doing so many TV shows. It's difficult to pick like just one. Because like you know, I'd say like something about Ahsoka, but she's getting a TV show. So like, Boba Fett also getting one. So. That's me. I want I want a Boba Fett TV show with the guy from the original movies. He's like the old dad with what? the mustache. Why? I just want to see what that guy's up to now. <laughs> you feel like a four minute interview would 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 save yeah, a lot I'm of just, trouble. Yeah, I'm just I'm going to work. That's about it. That's it. What about you, Jack? I'm curious what you would want to see. All right, this is something I've had cooking for a long time. Uh, it, it's a combination of I read this great book over the summer called Kenobi by John Jackson Miller. Uh, it was the last ever book in Star Wars Legends. It was the last book published before the Disney acquisition, Rip. and it's just kind of it's it's just it's just Kenobi doing his thing between the movies, uh, and that in tandem with what we saw in the first episode of the Mandalorian season two, uh, with just seeing what ta- life on Tatooine is like. Um, a, they overlapped a lot, and I think the fact that. Joel Edgerton has become a really great actor. He has. And he played Uncle Owen in Revenge of the Sith. I think Joel Edgerton and Ewan McGregor need to link up and do like like a buddy cop. Whoa. Like, ooh, we're, like, like it. we're like hunting down Tusken Raiders. And I like, like it. This Tusken Raider stole my cat. Like, uh, yeah, just like very low stakes, like like psych. Like something like just like, like a no. funny like a funny creature of the week. He goes like charismatic dude. Yeah, just like something silly. Something li- like I like Chris Star Wars. This isn't a lightsaber. I, I don't like that you said psych. <laughs> I, I There's just people in here that love psych. We like psych. I like psych. Psych's funny. It is. I want it to be funny like psych. Why and- does it say low one R's, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Shout out to all our psych. Bruton Gast, that's not my name. <laughs> what about you, Chris? What uh what's Star Wars? 
Well, because uh, Rogue One is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I kind of like that whole kind of darker, more serious take on Star Wars because it's not really something you see a lot. Mm-hmm. What I think would be really cool is um, it kind of plays in what we said last week where Benicio Del Toro's character kind of hints at a greater message of like neutral parties and everything. <laughs> what I think would be really cool is if maybe some sort of private investigator or you know um, neutral party to the Republic and the uh, Rebels or the Rebels and the uh, Empire is kind of brought in to maybe explore something that's really minimal, but then it kind of plays into this bigger, bigger uh, plot, like with the Empire. Maybe maybe the Rebels are doing something bad, like maybe they're hiding something. I just think it'd be really cool if it was like a darker uh, kind of ode to like the 50s detective movies, but then it becomes kind of like that epic Star Wars clash at the end. I think that'd be really cool. And it could be set after the sequels, which might be uh, controversial, but I think that after the Skywalker saga has end, we're ended, we're done with that. I want to see what's going on because it's not going to be peaceful forever, and I yeah. think that that's the perfect yeah. environment to do beat, that kind of like just beat dark. The ultimate bad guy for the third time, so surely this it won't baby grow. Well, I'm not saying there's going to be another empire. Yeah, that would yeah. be ridiculous, but I think that you could start seeing uh, separate parties start to pop up, and maybe our main character discovers a deeper plot behind the new leadership of the Reb, uh, of the Yoda rebels. I, I would I would give something for getting something like related to after the sequels because okay, we get it the rebels versus empire, that's been done, that's been done again. This is a massive galaxy with planets stretching everywhere. We've been to a lot of them. We have been all of them, we've been to a lot of them. So like I mean, if you have like, you know, system versus system or something like that to where people would take control of just a system or two, you wouldn't have empire versus republic, you would have Group yeah. A versus Group B versus Group C or something like that. I think that could be really interesting. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a movie to compare it to yeah. that can kind of um, say like this movie, but in Star Casablanca. Wars. Casablanca. Not here's not looking quite. at you, kid. That <laughs> I'm just saying I could watch I could watch two hours or a Disney Plus series about the fight on Mimban at the beginning of Solo. So cool. Yeah, so awesome. That was really cool. Wait, that, that, was, that goes into mine. Sweet. Mine would be like a Band of Brothers. Or like, oh, a, I would about I would give all the money I have about that. like the rebels or like a, a, an imperial squadron that has like second thoughts about what they're doing or how Finn like changed his mind. What That'd about cool. the rebels? We all just put our weapons down. I give one. I give one or, about the yeah, or like the rebels one, or even falling like yeah. or, like falling like a blue squadron or something. Yeah. Like I mean, isn't like a squadron? Band of Brothers is from both sides, right? Uh no no it's just Band it's of just, Brothers is just about easy. Just company. those darn Americans. You might be thinking of There's I think enemy of our fathers. Enemy, well, mm, there's one where it's Dunkirk, one American and Japanese. So that's uh, Hacksaw Ridge. I've seen that. So I've it'd that be like movie. that. Rebels and Empire, That'd back cool. and forth. That'd, That'd be cool. cool. Great. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Favorite Star Wars movie? We're gonna start at least <laughs> so, favorite to begin. Okay. With. So okay. D- how do we want to do this? Because there's eleven. So I do just, we each want to say our eleven, or do we just want to do like yeah eleven, and then we go. 10, I need to okay. I need to look at all the Star Wars movies real quick because I know them I got, off the top of my also, head, but I need to see. I also have the three. Your your three least favorite. We'll all say our three least favorite. We can say the five in the middle, and then we can say our three favorite. Yep. That works for me. All right. So I also have Jacobs. So oh, okay. What's up, Hillman? I'll go. You want me to go? Yeah, I'm about say, first? Go, go ahead through yours and Jacob's. <laughs> so yeah. we can make fun of them if it's bad. Number eleven for Hillman's Rise of Skywalker, his Fair. least favorite. Yep. Then yep. it's Phantom Menace, and then nine is Force Awakens. What? <laughs> Attack of the Clones in the top eight? Oh no. Mine, my least favorite is Attack of the Clones, and then ten's Rise of Skywalker, and nine's Phantom Menace. Yeah. 
Okay. Jack, you can go. Let's hear it. My least favorite Star Wars film Uh-oh. is The Last Jedi. Oh, my gosh. Sorry about it. It's okay. It's fair. My That's tenth fair. favorite Star Wars film is The Rise of Skywalker. That's fair again. My ninth favorite Star Wars film. You like... Oh, you say it. Say it. Is The Phantom Menace. Wow. You like Rise of Skywalker more than Last Jedi. Yes. Wow. Okay. Because it had that one scene where the Yoda theme played. They fly now. They fly now. <laughs> they no, they, they, they didn't fly in The Last Jedi. <laughs> Never <laughs> underestimated. No, they didn't. Never underestimated Drew. All right, Chris, you need to keep looking, or you think you got your three? No, I, I, I have my three. Right. I just wanted to have them in front of me. Uh, least, just a quick side note, I think it's funny that not even Google shows the Clone Wars movie, which is really <laughs> funny. But, got him. Um, least favorite, definitely Rise of Skywalker. That is just garbage. Hot garbage. Um, second least favorite... Last Jedi, I mean, come oh, on. No. Third least favorite, uh, I'm have to go with Phantom Menace on this one. Let's no disrespect to the Darth Maul fight scene at the end, but 15 minutes can't save the movie. That's fair, that's fair. And then for me, I got 11 Rise of Skywalker. Again, I just think it's not good, and it also just undoes a lot of stuff compared to, like, Attack of the Clones, which is my 10th, and then Phantom Menace at 9. Was Phantom Menace at all? Did you read Jacobs? Oh, wait, you already did read Jacobs. I did. Middle five. Middle five. Davis? Okay, Jacobs is number eight is The Last Jedi. Fair. Then Solo. Mm. Number six is Attack of the Clones. What? He's Great. a big Clone Wars fan Great in his film. defense. In his defense. I like sand. Number five is Rogue One. Number four, and this is the last one I'm going to read, is Return of the Jedi. Ah. Mine are The Force Awakens. Number seven is The Last Jedi. Sorry, folks. Number six is Solo. Number five is Rogue One. And number four is Return. That's fair. Jack? Very cool. Uh, my, excuse me, my eighth favorite film is Attack of the Clones. Great movie. But it's the eighth best one. It's like picking your favorite okay. kid. Um, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> next up, seventh, Force Awakens. Uh, made retroactively worse by those unmentionable films below it. Uh, next up is Return of the Jedi. Um, I think I made my thoughts pretty clear on that in that dedicated episode. Then I have Rogue One and A New Hope, basically a tie for fourth. Um, they're, they're, they're right. I mean, that's a double feature, for being honest. It's, you're, you're selling yourself short if you don't watch those movies back to back. Through the lens edit where it's one long movie. And then, <laughs> okay, Chris, you got Unacceptable. it. Unacceptable. Uh, number eight, I'm going to have to go with Attack of the Clones. Interesting. Uh, again, the last 15 minutes cannot save your movie. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Next, I'm going to go... I'm gonna have to go. I didn't actually write my Last list out like everyone else. Rookie which mistake. Is why, yeah. Wow, Chris. I, but do you not prepare for the show? First time on a Star I, I'll Wars have to go. <laughs> I'll have to go with. Um, I'll have to go with Force Awakens. I, it's just like a super okay movie. Uh, at number seven, number six. Um, I will have to go with. Do, do, do. Ah, I, I'll probably have to go with Solo. Like, I really liked it, but um, I don't know. It's it, it's not anything super crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and then number five, I'll probably have to go with. Uh, honestly, New Hope. I'll I'll say it. I really like New Hope. At this point, the movies are no longer bad. I think. Which yeah. I, I just want to put that caveat out there. I think they stop being bad around like eight. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I just, I would probably say New Hope. Um, and then after that, Return. Solid. And uh, for my, wow, 
Wow. Oh, Davis. sorry, Alex. That why you got why you got. I'm gonna pet crickets in here. Let me shut them up. You go. I'm just say that for me. You're gonna put last out like number three and really talk about. I missed a chance. Now. I missed it. Now. If if you were just one you second longer, the goof sound. I would have had it. Nobody gets that except if me you miss the delivery. So I was gonna get Alex. I do that to him anyway. That's yeah. yeah, but you didn't give him any time to think. Davis, Good. you have no comedic timing. <laughs> Carry on. Okay. Thank you, know you Chris. What? You know what, Chris? <laughs> Don't do it again. Don't no, do Alex, it. Read yours. It's not for you. Okay. Um. So number eight, I've got the Dun. Last Jedi, <laughs> and you know, number seven, I've got a tie between Solo and the. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> that's a great. That's a good film. <laughs> if you know, you know. Go. go. Am, I, am I allowed to go, Davis? Yeah, you're allowed you're to gonna, go. You're gonna interrupt me again. I know you're bringing the phone near the no. mic. They're just like a happy couple. This is. Would you, you know, stop have, it? Read your movie out. Um, at number seven, I've got a tie between Solo and The Force Awakens, and he, he's gonna. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's endless, isn't it? That's a. Uh, that's fair. I like those movies. I just because The Force Awakens is hurt by everything else that comes after it, and Solo has moments. Has moments I don't really like that much either. And then five, I've got Revenge of the Sith, and four, Return of the Jedi. Whoa! Which, if you listen to the prequel podcast, I'm very hard on Revenge of the Sith, and I mean, uh, it, in hindsight, it's not like a great movie. I just like it has a lot of moments I really like, but it has some. In moments hindsight, I'm just, like, not I can. It's a great that. movie. From my point of view, it's a great film. No, I mean, again, in the, like I'm I have not, brought peace. I'm not mad at people that I'm really like Devil's that movie. Advocate here. Like, because I've grown to like I it. Hate you. I've grown to like it more and more every time I've watched it. It's just there's still the problems that I have with it that have remained and it's will so remain. Good. So, it's so good. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, sorry. Dave, Bronze medal. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, we're going. For Jacob Hillman, it is A New Hope. Ah, fair. fair. Solid. Davis? Solid piece of Oh, we're going bronze? Okay, 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 okay. Uh, for me, my number three is Revenge of the Sith. Ah, interesting. Solid. My Jack? third favorite Star Wars film is uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story. It's respectable. Christopher? For me, I'm going to have to give my bronze medal to Empire Strikes Back. Wow. Interesting. I respect it. My bronze <laughs> goes to uh, Rogue One. Again, just great it's film. Really good. Uh, Hillman's silver is Revenge of the Sith. Mine. Really? It is Revenge of the Sith. Believe it or not, Hillman has some restraint. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm very surprised he did not put that at the very top. My number two is A New Hope. Ah. Uh, My number two is The Empire Strikes Back. Oh. My number two is Last Jedi. Revenge of the Sith. Wow. Uh, my number two is also New Hope, Davis. So yeah, we agree on that. Great film. And Jacob Hillman's number one favorite movie is the same as mine. And I'm sure someone else in here, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Last Jedi. Interesting choice. Uh, my <laughs> favorite Star Wars movie, just all the quality time I've spent with it, Everything I love about Star Wars is in this movie, and everything I could get out of Star the Wars. The Clone Wars animated movie? It's, it's got to be the personal diaries of Kit Fisto, <laughs> yes. the animated series. Uh, it is Revenge of the Sith, um, the greatest Star Wars film ever made. That's fair. No, I'll not wow. be taking questions. That's impressive. I hate you! <laughs> You've done that yourself. That All right, one. Chris. Wait, do you, uh, think, do you think Topher Grace's name is just show for Christopher? What? Yes, it's literally that. What? He went by Topher instead of Chris? It's 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 avant-garde. 
<laughs> That's crazy. I, I was just thinking that what? when I said Christopher. All right, go ahead, Topher. Anyway, <laughs> my number one movie, I feel like this movie was made for me. Uh, I was geeking out about it earlier. Yeah. It, it, I, I love war movies. I'm a sucker for war movies, and I love Star Wars, and this is literally both He's going to say ri- Bridge one. Over the River Kwai. My favorite <laughs> Star Wars movie is hands down Rogue One. Wow. That's fair. That's fair. And mine, yeah, it's Empire. I just, it does, like, for that movie, for me, it's just, it does everything so perfectly. So there's, like, not really a low moment for me in that movie. So I just got to give the nod for that one. And that's the one I rewatch probably the most, other than, I'd say, probably Rogue One. But that one, because it's newer. So interesting. Interesting list, everybody. So cool. Anybody have anything to add about Star Wars? I'm glad that we got some diversity in the list. I was worried we were all, because I found a lot of times that I just have very similar lists to some people. So I was glad we got, so we switched it up a bit. I don't think anybody would have anticipated Soul in the top three by Jack, but... Uh, I have something to say. It has nothing to do with Star Wars, though. Uh, uh, Earlier in the episode, I went kind of quiet because I fell down a rabbit hole of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Twitter. (laughs) He's a big guy on Hit Record. He is! It's weird! He's like a middle schooler. What did you find down there? He's just... Okay, I'll I'll go back. Please please don't. Please don't. Hit Record. He's like like a middle schooler, middle school Instagram page. As he's looking for that, I'll say... Star Wars couldn't have done it without you. Every waking moment of my life, I spend thinking about you. That's not true, <laughs> but it is like the <laughs> Titanic, true. bro. You know, every night in my dreams, I see you. So I gotta say, Revenge of the Sith. I mean, I, I, I it's got its problems. Like I get it. I know. It, it's, it's that one. But I mean, it, the amount of joy it's brought me, the lines I can quote, the amount of like. It, it was made for me. Like that's fair. I, I I have problems with it. I really I just I wasn't on the prequel episode, which is probably why it wasn't three hours long. But <laughs> yeah, we might, were lucky you had a prior commitment. That might I don't know. Whatever you know, happened. we we filled the void by going down the Reddit hole of why Keanu. The Reddit movie. hole. It's Ke- a rabbit yeah. hole. It's just a great mix of a uh, mix of action, world building, politics. Everything I like about Star Wars is in it, and that's why I love Revenge of the Sith. It's my favorite. And I love Star Wars the franchise as a whole. I mean, I we could have. 40 more episodes about everything else going on from the Lego Star Wars games that we talked about a little bit to the Rogue Squadron to the all the books I've read everything like the to world EA building, destroying Battlefront to my yes. Star Battlefront back, 2 bro. is good they bought it they Eventually, bought it back it got there it I got think there it was I, I put like over 200 hours into Battlefront I have two. over 40 miniature X-Wing figurines. Comes with the Star Wars X-Wing game. Come over. We'll play it sometime. Let's That's go. All nice. I gotta say. You also have Very Attack nice. on the Clones on GameCube. It's a great game. Mace Windu's voice actor is... Star Wars Squadron is also a great game. Play it sure it is. This is I'll, Tumblr, dog. I will say one thing. Like I, I like to look at movies from like so, or like to be a critical perspective. Like I'm, But when it comes down to it, I mean, almost all these movies have something to enjoy, either from... You know, even with Phantom Menace. Yeah, the even last, if we're just laughing yeah. at it. And even with Phantom Menace, the last 15 minutes doesn't save it, but the last 15 minutes is crazy. Yeah, and Darth it's, Maul is It's sick. so much fun just to get to that. And with Attack of the Clones, I mean, come on. There is on no the more movie. laughable dialogue ever to me than some yeah. of the stuff said in that movie. Around the survivors of Perimeter Create. That classic. <laughs> of course, of course. That, tone. Yeah, of course. It's coarse But, like, it really is, it really, everything is, well, except uh, the sequels I find less enjoyment every day, but for the, the other eight movies we were talking about, there's always something to enjoy for them, for me. And Even, that's what I really love about Star Wars. There's something for everybody, and whether it be politics or the fight scenes or whatever. Even the sequels bring joy in a sense that you can, <laughs> fun to make, you can up. make fun, fun of. In a sense that you... We, yeah. we've, had, we've had a few viewing Many parties a where we watched The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, and we just 
General Make hugs, fun of it. you know? And then you just started quoting more of Dante's Inferno. Is that what happened, Chris? Yeah. That yeah. was not what happened. We went, we went down. I mean, yeah, I think, I think that is really the, enjo- the enjoying part of this is that, you know, there's something to enjoy either from just yelling about how much you dislike it to just laughing at some of the stuff that happens in it. And I think that's why we were able to do four episodes on it. But go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say that um, Star Wars is... There's nothing. I mean, there's nothing like it. It's gonna That's get emotional. so cool. And I, I, um, I may not be as big of like a dictionary about it as Jack and a few other people I know. Uh, you're not the only one. But <laughs> this is coming from someone who, at one point in their life, considered themselves more a Trekkie than a Star Wars fan. Wow. I've seen, oh. I've seen, I've seen all of the original series of Star Trek. I've seen all the new movies. I've seen. Uh, Let's go down old to this movies. planet and fight an alien. I've seen Deep Space Nine. Uh, Deep hot Space take. Nine, wow. Hot take. Don't really like the next generation. Whoa. Wow. Controversial. Wow. Anyway, I know, but anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, even though at one point I considered myself more Trekkie, Star Wars just brought me right back in. I love it. There's nothing like it. It's Lord of the Rings and Star Trek thrown into one. Good job, George Lucas. You did something great. Indeed. Indeed. Great job, Daniel. It doesn't have the Dan. bad hair pieces. That. I'll just say that. I, you didn't see the episode where Kirk fights uh, the. Uh, I'm, I see. I've already forgotten all the names of like, I remember, all the species. I, I watched a video about. What is it? What is the lizard people? Ah, the, well, the one that has the oh, name. Oh, um, the Cleons, yeah, right? The, the no, no, not Klingons. The Morlocks and the Eloys. <laughs> what? That's a Klingon. Was isn't it? No, people the, can speak Klingon. Here we go. Um, it on Duolingo. It's like do, we, do we just cut our losses? Do we real? keep going? I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to go know, down this Alex, hole. It's, it's about, the lizard it's people. About, it's not about destroying the things that you hate. It's about saving the things that you love. So I think I should. We should save our listeners and just cut it right here. <laughs> I, I, I hope you turned our mics off three minutes ago. And not at all. But once again, thank you all for joining us on this last Star Wars episode of Through the Lens. We will see you next week for the first non-Star Wars episode in over a month. But until Paul then, see- <laughs> hello, love. <laughs> until then, see you next time.